listening to Oblivion. It is, what is today? It's May something, isn't it? May 1, 2, 3, May 3rd? 2021. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> happy belated May Day to everybody. Um, <clears throat> I assume everybody was out on the streets or in some field dancing around the maypole, singing the international, holding their fist in the air, all the proper things. Victory is all. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I wanted to, mainly just because it was so so, uh, shocking, I wanted to uh, uh, pull up the uh, New York Times headline this morning. Uh, That right there, I have to jump in and say it wasn't shocking to me at all. (laughs) What's been shocking to me is how this has been uh, blown off and deliberately ignored. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, so um, reaching, in quotes, herd immunity is unlikely in the U.S., experts now believe. Widely circulating coronavirus variants and persistent hesitancy about vaccines will keep the goal out of reach. The virus is here to stay, but vaccinating the most vulnerable may be enough to restore normalcy. Um, that doesn't sound like a revision done on the fly, does it? <laughs> so... Um, yeah, what's shocking is that it's a total 180. There hasn't been a peep about this at all. Uh, at least I've not heard a word, especially in the New York Times, about any suggestion that this could be unlikely. You know, there's been a gajillion across, uh, you know, uh, were they, there uh, these guys who do, uh, this podcast called Oblivion, and, and there's this one guy that's been saying for the last couple of weeks that we're not going to get to herd immunity. Right. Well, it's uh, why 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 wouldn't they? Is the whole question. But you know uh, the answer to that. You've been one of the best media critics uh, that I've ever collaborated with. I, I'm puzzled. So give me your take on that. Well, it's. We don't have media. We have propaganda. Okay. We don't have journalism. We have we have propagandists, and so they're never going to to tell it like it is. They're never going to do any serious work or reporting, and everything has been this raw, raw. America is great. Uh, narrative. Uh, ever since the vaccine rollout began. And I also think it's consistent with uh, either ignoring what's been going on in India or uh, using what's happening in India as a way to very quickly erase what has happened in America. I mean, we still lead the world in deaths. We're still the worst performing nation in the world. And last week, uh, for three nights in a row, I did a informal experiment where I would watch the introduction to the NBC Nightly News, where they quickly go through the stories they're going to cover. And they didn't even mention what was going on in India. And I say, okay, yeah, they're, they're not going to talk about it. 
and then I would turn it over to the BBC, which I'll grant you isn't any kind of a, a pinnacle of great journalism, but compared to America, when the bar is underground, if you can just put one foot in front of the other, you're doing better. And they would begin with the story and, and have some graphic images of what was going on. But it's all about this, this, you can never depict America in a negative light. And it's that constant obsession with self-image and wanting to believe that we're winners and we're these great people. But this is really, it doesn't surprise me at all, but it's not, doesn't make it any less infuriating. And it's, it's definitely got to be worrisome. And, and I, at this point, I just, I would like for somebody to give me something persuasive to think otherwise, but I don't see how we're not going to have another surge. And speaking of, of uh, having another surge, uh, Michigan, as I understand it, is still bad. And two days ago, it was reported that there was a 135% increase in hospitalizations in Missouri. And uh, so th there's a there's a, a, a confluence of two major factors. Yeah, well, I, I, I don't know where you're getting your numbers because I'm looking on the chart here, and it's been flat for hospitalizations in uh, Missouri for a, uh, a good month. Uh, well, this was just two days ago. Look, look at Kansas City. Kansas City. Um, um, it says plus six percent in fourteen-day change. There, uh, but I mean, they are up. They are up cases up 5% in the last 14 days. But Michigan's been way down. Um, it's uh, down 47% in 14 days. Uh, definitely, it's past the peak there. And the overall map, um, it's been down for the last, uh, since the 16th, so the last two weeks, it's been going down. It's currently below us. It's been uh, since uh, October, probably. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, the, the thing I, I keep going back in my own mind is, and I don't see it in this reaching herd immunity is unlikely, uh, new bombshell um, is no discussion of what happens in between the theoretical quote herd immunity and the other end where there is no immunity. I mean, it, it just cannot be that uh, as you get closer to this theoretical herd immunity range, that uh, transmission would be reduced because there's still a heck of a lot of people that are immune and uh, you know it just isn't able to do it if it doesn't have hosts that it can jump into and spread uh, and this isn't explained and I, why I think it's not explained is because it's a very complicated situation and um, even the best statistical analysis of the data um, and it's a, a novel virus and when it comes down to it, I think they just <laughs> really don't know what they're talking talking about from moment to moment. You know, I agree. And, I think what you just said was 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 spot on, and yeah. and 
that worries me. Yeah. Because, and, and, and the way I look at it is this, when you're dealing with something that is unprecedented and there's uncertainty, as soon as you veer away from the one path that you can understand reliably with a high degree of probability, that is this original goal of we get to herd immunity, we get to herd immunity, we, we have put this behind us. Maybe not absolutely and completely, but we put it behind us. Mm-hmm. So now that's not going to happen. Okay, this is what this is what really bothers me too. Is is the whole um, just the, as a public health uh, messaging to try to get people to get vaccinated? I haven't. Oh sure. I, I haven't heard uh, much in the way of being like, and it's got to be true that you know, saying that when it came down after Christmas, uh, that I mean, it's obvious that. People getting vaccinated has been part of the reason that it's gone down. Um, And that should be emphasized to be like, look, see what happens when we can get vaccinated. Everybody get vaccinated so we can get to a point and get back to normalcy. And then now when it's it's starting to flag and stuff and people are not sure, oh, we're going to say, oh, this is going to last forever. Uh, You know, then people are going to be totally demoralized. That's not going to help at all. Um, yeah, you've so been the whole time you've been saying, oh, we just need to get to 70 percent. Oh, well, now now we got to bump it up to 80 because of the variance. But the, still, there's a goal there. Uh, let's go to it. And now it's like, oh, you know, it's unlikely it's, to happen at all. So I guess yeah. it, it's that sociopathic uh, American <clears throat> mindset that this the, the suffering and the dreariness and the misery. Uh, just can well, what I'm in. what I'm saying is it's from the public health. These so-called experts um, are just too mamby pamby, and uh, you know it's part that they just don't know what's going on. So you got a lot of experts, but they're in totally new territory, and there's a lot of speculating going on, and uh, <clears throat> and you get people stepping over each other's feet and their messaging, and and the bureaucracy won't. You know, even say anything about like early on, you know, it took way into the pandemic before like the CDC, like officially said that wearing masks was a good thing. You know what I'm saying? Right. right, Uh, And and it's just really. um, uh, Yeah. So it's you're up against this strange bureaucracy, which I'm not saying they're evil or lying. I mean, that situation, they were just being overly cautious and. Yeah, what what is wrong with you to have a speculative statement to start at first? I mean, it's not going to fucking hurt anybody to wear a mask, right? Self-image, uh, though. They, you you look like yeah. a dork wearing a mask. Yeah. Right, but I'm, say, I'm saying I'm saying I'm saying for their end to try to right. um, bolster right. it, you know, um, not to. Um, and yeah, you can even work a. Uh, and another thing uh, against people that that don't wear them, one of the factors, the many factors, is being scolded and pointed at as being a bad person or being stupid or being, uh, you know, a coward. Uh, they, they react. They react against that, you know, with these people that are often very pretentious, uh, um, um, experts that. Uh, 
think they know everything and they come across as, uh, you know, so I can understand that as being a reaction against all this uh, <clears throat> high minded talk. And then you come to find out they don't know what they're fucking talking about. That's all they've been talking about for the last, since the beginning of the pandemic is this herd immunity thing. And now that's not even the thing anymore. <laughs> it's pathetic. Um, I totally agree. What, what I think, uh, to, just to add on to, to, to what you said, is it's an example of, of over-specialization. Right. And, and so what you have is, is you have these uh, epidemiologists and public health experts, but, but the moment that they get beyond their uh, forensic understanding of what's happening with the virus, they're lost. And if right, you think right. about it, yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's, a, <laughs> that's a glaring deficit on their part. Because if you're a public health expert, it isn't enough that you just understand <laughs> how to operate in a laboratory. And so what's <laughs> missing, and this is consistent with the lack of cooperation, the inability, the unwillingness to act as a whole, to, to act as one, uh, to, to have any awareness of the collective, like how how do we function collectively rather than everything is just about the individual, is there's a lack of collaboration. And so what should have been happening, certainly around the time that the vaccines were uh, being made and being shown to be safe and effective, there needed to be a collaboration between people whose expertise is in epidemiology and people whose expertise is in writing and communicating with the public. And, and these experts like Fauci are like all the other Americans, they're, they're pompous and they're egomaniacs and they simply do not care what this other person who doesn't know as much as they do about epidemiology, but obviously knows way more about how to talk to people. <laughs> and, and the big problem is that, the, that, that people are working at cross purposes, because just like with the politicians, these public health experts are pandering to the lowest common denominator. And everyone in America always seems to be preoccupied with their popularity. And they're standing in the community. And so if you, if your goal is we have to make people get vaccinated, then you have to be willing in some ways, this isn't the best comparison, but in some ways, like Winston Churchill, you have to be willing to sacrifice yeah. your popularity to do what you know is the right thing to do, right? And Churchill yeah. was able to defeat the Nazis, but then he lost. He wasn't prime minister anymore after that. And of course, what I'm saying, if you're, if you're Fauci, if you're Joe Biden, like, what do you care if your, your uh, approval rating goes down to zero, if it means we actually reached herd immunity? And then you yeah. would just have to do something else with your life. Yeah, take some, some risk. And it made me yeah. think. It made me think of a thought: the political failing in relation to the Afghanistan war. You know, there was only one person, uh, Barbara uh, Boxer. Uh, 
I don't know if it was Barb. Was that his only vote against the Afghan war? Yeah, and you just you just think about that. I mean, only one person uh, was willing to take the risk uh, to do what's right um, against the Afghanistan war. You know, instead I want to make sure I'm popular and get reelected. You know, it was like that's my number one principle is my personal power, um, right. not not and the people representing the people or being representing the. The, the other thing that's frustrating is, is the inability for adults the Constitution. To, uh, to, to go in and out of different modes of thinking and different modes of action, <clears throat> which is totally abnormal. Now, Americans will say across the board, no, it's human nature to be that way. <laughs> People are going to act in their own self-interest. Yeah. And, of course, you could, uh, I could easily take issue with that and say, no, that there's nothing natural about that at all. It, that is something that that we're conditioned to, to think through basically a bully system, right? But uh, that's a tangential uh, uh, point. Yeah, but, but but when there is a crisis, you have to <laughs> act and think differently. Like when there's a tornado coming at your house, you don't say, well, I'm not done loading the dishwasher, so I have to do this first. And then, oh, wait, it's Tuesday. I need to put the garbage out by the road. Like you stop everything you're doing. You forget about everything that you were thinking about. And you have to deal with the imminent crisis. And I don't see how if, if and it doesn't surprise me, but it's, it's maddening. I don't see how what's happening in India now isn't going to happen in the United States by the end of this month. Did you know there were over 51,000 people at Churchill Downs for the Kentucky Derby? Yeah, I saw us. We're doing I the same thing around. India was doing in March. We're acting like this is over. We've done it. You know, if you, if you believe in vaccines, like what a stupid verb to use with. <laughs> I believe in it. <laughs> I believe. I'm sitting in a chair. Do you believe in the chair? <laughs> You, so if you if you said the chair isn't there, you can suddenly <laughs> fall on the floor. Is that what's going to happen? And it's really a major indictment of our uh, public education system, because. Uh, and I was going to see if uh, there was a way for you to find this out before we did the podcast. It, it may not be something to do that easily, but when we're looking at the percentage of people who's vaccinated, we have to remember that the majority of that percentage is 65 and older. And then after that, it's people 50 to 65. But the variants are targeting people between the ages of 30 and 50. And I've read numerous times about hospitals and ICUs all over the country filling up, and this time it's people in that age range. And I'll guarantee you, that the percentage of people in that demographic between 30 and 50 that's been fully vaccinated is low. Like it's not even close to 30. So it's nowhere near herd immunity. But to go back to the good point that, that you've been making, uh, Dave, about the, the poor messaging and the mixed messaging is you can't spend a year talking about the importance of herd immunity and then just turn around and say, 
but we still think that the infections won't be as bad and the outbreaks won't be as severe because we're getting some people vaccinated. That's when these people really look like fools and that they're either just covering their ass or, to mention the bureaucracy, they know that they just have to go along with how things are playing out. Oh, well, if they don't want to get vaccinated, like you can drug test people. I mean, you can have, there's no end to reasons why you can't uh, wiretap people, investigate them. Um, you can tell a woman that she can't get an abortion, but you can't tell people they can get vaccinated during an epidemic. So now what do we do? Like, when do any of us get to finally go out and live our lives again? Besides just the, the, the total, completely reckless and foolish people that, well, I've had enough. I'm going to get out there. I'm going to get a haircut. I'm going to go bowling. I, I, how will it, how will it happen? So <clears throat> let me look at, let me look at the numbers for, uh, uh 30 to 50. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, first let me, uh, kind of look over just how the cases are. Yeah. The cases are the only, Upticks are Oregon is up um, uh, 24%. That's a pretty big job. Up, yeah. up uh, 24% in Arizona, uh, plus 18 Nevada, plus 13 Wyoming, plus 11 Colorado. And then, then it gets into single digit uh, increases. Let me look at the whole list. Um, uh, so then there's like only three after that and then the rest of the country is going down. So, and a huge number of them are, uh, double, you know, at least half or more than 10% down. Uh, so, and there's ones probably 15 to 20 that are over 30% now. Um, so, you know, it's, um, that's good. You know, I'm, glad it's heading that way and i'm hoping that i'm right as far as this partial herd immunity theory um is helping in the situation uh but uh, still not still not out of the woods yet david uh, kentucky is down three percent uh and it's been it didn't yeah it's been pretty flat since uh mid-March, uh, peak, early January. Um, let's, then let's look at um, Callaway County is down to one, uh, four per 100,000. Um, maybe slightly down the last two weeks. Uh, you know, so it's l low levels everywhere in Kentucky. It's not gone. Right. Okay. Think about everything that you just, all the, the data that you just pointed to mm. and juxtapose that with what the numbers looked like in India in March. Yeah. And I know me, what the, let me look at that real quick. I'll uh, go to India and see what its numbers. You know, I think uh, the main thing we're going to find is that it just hasn't gotten into the population yet. Uh, it just now is really getting there. So, uh, 
you have to consider how many, uh, well, let's see what the per capita is. Yeah. Per capita cases, sorry, sorry, dead air, dead air, dead air, not going to edit, going to say funny things in between, going to mumble. Oh, I well, I can show. I can tell you because I, I was just looking at them uh, okay. last night. Yeah. I mean, in, yeah. in March in India, the curve is very low, and then right. it just shoots straight up. Now, the response to my observation is uh, India didn't have nearly the level of, of immunity, both through vaccination and through people having been infected, because we just let the virus run wild here all of last year. Mm -hmm. And so that's why the numbers got so bad. But that's where the whole issue of herd immunity comes into play. And this, this is why I think it's so critical to not let the the uh, propaganda outlets just shove these numbers down your throat. For example, the the worthless statistic of how many people have gotten one shot. It's like you're either vaccinated or you're not. So if it's a two-shot vaccine, you're only vaccinated if you've had both shots and whatever allotment of time after the second shot, the science shows means that you are now vaccinated. That's the only number to look at. But that number has to be thrown out too because what I'm saying is you've got to look at that demographic 30 to 50. And, and if the majority of the 30% and that number, regardless of how it's 100 million, 100, what a number, 100 million. How would you like to have $100 million, folks? Um, a hundred million isn't anywhere close to being enough. Two hundred million would still be between three and ten percent short of herd immunity. So, with but, with the my counter to to that is that I mean to whatever however hard it is to make any sense out of that number, uh, there's still a substantial number. Uh, even if you just totally discount the one shot, could have some uh, immunity effects and probably has very strong immunity effects. But just setting that aside, you still got a large number of people, at least a third of the population now are, are quote, fully vaccinated, uh, along with a pretty good chunk of people that are, just have natural immunity. And my argument about it being a large part of why it's going down and may stay kind of lowish is that there's just not enough people to uh, around to uh, for it to infect that you know are immune. All right, um, let me let me give let me give a a, a rival hypothesis to, to that. Like the, with the variants now targeting younger people, yeah. let's just say for the sake of argument that the that the percentage of people who are between thirty and fifty <laughs> that including if you combine being vaccinated with having been infected and now having natural immunity to it, and I'm gonna say that that number is 15%. Yeah. Now, get, granting you everything about the theory of 
partial herd immunity, that as you work your way toward the ideal number, you are still having some positive effect, that 15% is nowhere close. It's just so far away from 70 to 80% that it's meaningless. In other words, you have 80% of that demographic, 30 to 50, that these variants are now targeting that are completely unimmune. But to make it even more worrisome, that is the, the most mobile uh, uh, demographic of the population. These are young adults. Uh, they're the ones who are working all of the essential jobs, transporting things, service industry, interacting in crowds, and they're also the ones who are the most uh, outgoing uh, socially. Like they're going to be in larger groups. So I just think if, if, and if these people, and it should, again, it shows me how our, our culture is just going backward. I would have thought maybe that the younger people would have been more open-minded about vaccines, but they're not. They seem to be just as zany and just a bunch of losers as, uh, as the older people, a bunch of fuddy-duddies. Um, and, well, I don't know. And, and what's really pathetic is that by now, think about how many people like uh, you and me have uh, gotten vaccinated, right? And um, that's, that still doesn't persuade them. Like I can, uh, I can't even sympathize with people who would say, if they had needed a volunteer, like we need the first person that's gonna be willing to get uh, this uh, Moderna shot, I would have volunteered. Because there's no, there's no way out of it. It's like you're in a building that's on fire. What do you have to do? You have to get out of the building. That there's no other choice. It's not the Chinese option or the American option. The building's on fire. You get out of the building. Um, well, what do, what do you think? What do, what do you think? What do you think actually did uh, cause this downward trend since January? I mean, it, it's been open just about everywhere. Opened up pretty significantly. Uh, why isn't it already? Why isn't it already jumped back up? You mean in terms of the uh, cases in the United States? Well, because the pattern has been um, peaks and and valleys, and I think that after uh, I think that temporarily, when you had um, the the peak over the winter, uh, you had um, there were on a, on a local level they started doing uh, lockdowns again. And, and people temporarily were realizing, oh, this is really bad. So um, we, should, we should hunker down. And, and I think that initially you, you were seeing some positive effects of the, of the vaccination, because if I'm recalling correctly, early on, the rate of vaccination was increasing, right? Like as more vaccine became available, more people were getting vaccinated. And I would basically break that down to the older people and the smarter people were like, yes, please get me vaccinated. 
right? But what's happened is um, that demographic of people has now gotten vaccinated and we're at a point where it's hit a wall. And those people who have not gotten vaccinated now, the reason isn't a matter of availability. It's that uh, they don't want to get vaccinated. Now, maybe I'm, I'm sidestepping your question because you're saying what accounts for the fact that it went down after the winter, right? Yeah. And I'm saying that temporarily there was a positive effect of vaccination, plus the fact I think at the local level, when the virus is going crazy, many people do shut things down and people do um, hunker in place. But that's the way this uh this pandemic has been, the pattern has been a roller coaster, right? That it goes up and then it, it goes back down. And that's one of the uh, unpredictable and insidious things about it is it has a way of lulling people into thinking that it's abated, but it's gone on long enough where we should, we should, we should wisen up to the fact that when it goes down, it's going to go back up. I mean, it's even happening in Asia, like Thailand is seeing deaths and, and, and cases um, there in uh, Sri Lanka. Nepal now has an outbreak, like all of these places that did way better than, than we have. And all along, the, the, the problem has been rather than just end this, bring it to an end, it's all been about just curve it down just a little bit and uh and then okay it's fine is that yeah enough like open it up open it up and i i gotta tell you i i think about osterholm and and his basic argument was you have these variants they're more infectious and deadly and unlike the rest of the world we're lifting restrictions and we are we're lifting these restrictions we want to open everything back up we've decided that it's over and the va the vaccination is at a wall. And I just think if you don't have herd immunity, in fact, you don't even have anywhere close to it, and you have these uh, variants, and you see what's happening in India, um, and then on, on top of that, you have everyone's decided, well, I'm not going to get vaccinated. It's hard for me to see how uh, we're not going to have another surge here in the United States regardless of the fact that maybe right now the numbers don't look that bad. And again, you have to remember, when you look at the numbers today, what the numbers are showing you is what the situation was two weeks ago. So at this very moment, you may now, have... I, I just, I don't know where you're getting that. Uh, I mean, these numbers come straight in like it's the next day. It's not the numbers... I understand that. Those, are num those numbers show you what the status was of things uh, two weeks ago, right? There, there are people right now who are getting infected, but they're not going to start to show symptoms and then they're, they're not going to start to need to be hospitalized and they're not going to start dying until two weeks from now. That's what I'm saying. But speaking of, like one thing, one prediction I'm going to make is Derby was on May the 1st. There were 51,000 people at Derby. There's no way all of them were, were wearing, wearing masks. And I know that it's, it's open air, but that's still easily enough people to say that it's a mass gathering. 
And then you've got people who are going into sort of quasi-closed spaces to do things like place bets. You know, people go into the bathroom. And when you're mm-hmm. going into the bathroom, it's going to be crowded because everybody's guzzling that alcohol. And they've got to pee. And you're in a closed air space. And people aren't even washing their hands, man. And um, They're having sex with the horses, a gangbang. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is very risky behavior. It's it's the uh, it's the uh, um it's the Equus variant. <laughs> oh yeah, God yeah, I jumped from horse back. Oh shit. <laughs> and uh, uh, and, uh, and it becomes a sexually transmitted <laughs> cross species, sexually transmitted, highly contagious disease. Oh my God. No. HIV and coronavirus <laughs> and bestiality come together. And it's, uh, <laughs> Talk about a super spreader! All the all the horses. Uh, Spread that all over me, please. So then you have to figure. Well, it's 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 derby, and so what did these people do after the derby? Did they all just go straight back home and continue to self isolate? No, they're they they went to parties. And they were around a lot of people. So the prediction is going to be, regardless of what the numbers say in Kentucky, I'll bet you anything that you know two weeks say may the 15th that's 12 days from today i'll bet you anything we see a a, a significant increase in uh, cases and hospitalizations in kentucky yeah but they're rich people so who cares um <laughs> so yeah Not all uh, yeah well i know uh just joking there disneyland welcome home what's that topic well, the, it's uh, the the fantasy world that Americans obviously cling to, like a stuffed animal. And uh, Disneyland opened back up, and they were they did a the one of the networks did a story about it. And so you have the people, the public relations dorks with their with their mask on. They're like. And so it's we're it's so excited to have everybody back and you know now we're doing everything and and we have our social distancing of course these things are are just completely artificial representations of human behavior like you can put a sign saying please social distance to stay 6 feet apart you've got all these kids and families and there's no way that everybody's going to uh, adhere to these things and so they showed one <laughs> they showed one group of people and you would think that these were little kids, but these are people in their 20s. And uh, it was two females, and one of them was saying, well, you've got to have the Mickey Mouse ears, and, but now you wear the mask too. And I thought, God, man, like, how do we produce people like this? But then the really, the thing that just was so uh, mind-blowing and pathetic was as the person was greeting the people coming in, they were, they said like, hey, you know, welcome. And then the next thing they said is, welcome home. Like Disneyland isn't just a place that people visit once in a while. It's home. Like they stay in that world. They live in Disneyland, right? And this was this like perpetual delusion, like delusion in perpetuity, which would explain why you can never 
get people to acknowledge the reality of this virus because that's not part of their Disneyland. Welcome home. Like that's where you live. Yeah, you live live in fantasy land. Yeah. Now going back to Afghanistan, it was interesting you brought that up because another topic that, that I had was Hillary Clinton talking about Afghanistan and guess what she's saying, Dave? Want to take a wild guess? Uh, it was a mistake, uh, or oh, oh <laughs> yeah. women? No, women. We gotta save the women. I don't know. What was it? Oh well, we're making a we're making a mistake by leaving. Oh, all right. Because okay. The Taliban are gonna. We gotta protect the women. Brutalize everybody, and we've got the, to get the, the, the women. program to get all the people who helped us out of there. And on top of that, it means that we're now going to face another uh, terrorist threat from Al-Qaeda. She fucking said that. What a fucking cunt. Fuck her. The war can never go on long enough. And you want to talk about somebody who's the epitome of all that matters is me and my popularity. That was definitely... She had just gotten elected to the New York Senate in uh, 2002. And, of course, she's going to say, yeah, we've got to go to war with Iraq. Because the only thing she's thinking about is, I've got to prove my mettle. I've got to show the people of New York that I'm tough and a tough leader. It's the same thing that Joe Biden is doing now with his arms dealing. A $4.3 billion arms sale to Australia. Like, this is what, in, uh, to Australia and India. And it, it really jumped out to me, like, India, like, so you're going to sell them all these arms and that's going to make the coronavirus go away. Now, it's just, a, it, here's a solution that has nothing to do with the problem. And here's the problem and it has no solution. And I was just reading again about how Biden Still uh, hasn't lifted the uh, the property rights embargo, and that just goes to show you how just utterly selfish uh, all of these uh, people are. If, if you're if you're Joe Biden or if you're any other world leader, and you and you live through the year 2020, you knew coming into this year there was one and only one thing that had to be done which was that you've got to get 7 billion people vaccinated. And that's it. And we've done everything we can to stop that from happening. We wouldn't let people just produce their own vaccine. They have to wait for the wealthy countries to have a surplus. And then yeah, the and they give, give charity to them, yeah. Which is right. the, the whole... Which is the big push that's been done by Gates, you know. He's the big head of all this, making sure we protect intellectual property and and uh, push ahead. They, I think it was that they had promised two billion shots by now to the third world, and they've gotten 50 million with whatever his program is. So, you know, just a total bullshit show. They, they I mean, won't even send them oxygen. You could be saving people's lives in India if they just had enough oxygen. And we're supposed to have this. I think about all these military commercials, right? 
a yeah. global force for good. Right, yeah. You know, and they'll, they'll, they'll have a child standing there by herself. And then one by one, you see an Air Force person and a Marine and the Navy and the Army, and they all uh, build around her and they surround her. And it's just, it, talk about propaganda. At a very young age, you're taught, like, the world out there is bad, but these people in uniform are here to protect you. And that's yeah. another generation well, of I mean, it made, me, it made me think about how I had another strain when you mentioned the military. is like, if the military was about defense or protecting people or whatever, I mean, they have all these ships and assets and probably have that's a giant. Yeah, that's why you were saying. Yeah, that, yeah I mean, I, I went on a tangent thinking about the commercial, but it's right. like the, the way in which the military says we're going to protect you is not the way in which you need to be protected. And that, that's why I get back to the, the unwillingness to go in and out of different modes of thinking and different modes of action. Like it can't just be the one way of thinking and doing the one thing all the time, like be ready for a war. Well, yeah, well, that, that's the, the problem with the military. It, it has no real, as was revealed in say Katrina, for instance, we have this huge right. military but they and let them sit there, a, a city in our own, you know, it takes right. a, what was it, a week or 10 days before they even got in there? And, right. Uh, like, what are you waiting on? Well, they they just didn't even have it. I mean, they didn't have anything to do to put in there because it's all about bombing the shit out of people overseas. It's not even meant for to right. help anybody anywhere. They, I mean, they have their own agenda. And... Right, but I mean, I thought the same thing in terms of if, if our military is just so badass, then you would see ships and planes, and if they're so efficient, and they were motivated, <laughs> soldier, load all these oxygen tanks, yes, sir. They're loaded. Wow! Look at how and then they're supposed to be really smart too, right? Because they're military people. You know, they know how to work the submarines and all that. Like you got to be really smart to do that, right? Oh, I know how to get this. And oh, here's a logistical plan. Good job, Captain. Yes, sir. All right, Colonel, get this over here. And then boom! Like the, you could you could send the military to India and build these uh, hospitals like the Chinese did. Remember at the very beginning of the pandemic, that was the first moment when I thought, wow, this is really bad, was when there were those uh, reports of the Chinese building two hospitals in 10 days, specifically just for coronavirus patients. Why aren't we doing that? Why not go to India and we'll build them ourselves. Nope. And you don't hear anybody criticizing this. Like, are you going to go to MSNBC? Or are you going to hear any of these really smart, uh, funny people like Stephen Colbert, who's so good at making fun of Donald Trump? Is he going to start making fun of Joe Biden and the military for how inept it is? Are, are, are these uh, the Saturday night live people like uh, Kate McKinnon who say they want to have sex with An Anthony Fauci, like pretending like American women are attracted to intelligence. 
Is she going to start making fun of these people because they're, they're, they're so clueless or they're just so um, flaccid and unmotivated and apathetic and complacent that they're not even going to try to get people to get vaccinated? No. Oh, where was it? The losers, man. And, and this blows my mind that Hillary Clinton is even anybody's listening to her. But I guess she's so rich. She was at the top of the news feed, man. I'm telling you, anybody that is going to say uh, more war. That's always going to get number one. Is good. Right. And, and it's and people like it and, and they admire it. Um. Oh, there was another thing. Uh, the, there was an article that said um, we, we've got to be ready for the next war. The next war won't be like the last ones. And so I, it's like I, I predicted a year ago. I, I said it's going to be Joe foreign policy Biden. It's all going to be about or we're building up that military and we're going to get tough with Russia, except now it's, uh, you know, China is the, the new threat. And it's maybe we could learn something from the Chinese, like the way that they handled the the pandemic. And there was a program on about the full year of 2020. It went to different parts of the world and they were, uh, they're interviewing the Chinese and the, you know, they had that hardcore lockdown in, in Wuhan, but it worked. And you know how long it lasted? It was two and a half months. It started in January, and it went until the middle of, of April. Or I guess that's a little bit longer. That's longer than, than, than two months, right? So it would be, um, call it uh, four months of a, of a hardcore lockdown. But think about the lives they saved and the suffering that they, that they spared people. And in the United States, uh, we've basically had to lock down for a year but we've also had the all the death and the suffering and the 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 unending uncertainty of when will this finally be over you know one thing that pisses me off is now that i'm vaccinated i'm going to have to start to think about the fact that next year maybe even a little earlier the vaccine will wear off and I it will have to get a booster shot. And if this isn't under control, which apparently now it's just never going to be, and we're all just going to have to to deal with it. Um, there's there's going to come a time, you know, February March of of uh, 2022, when you know I'll have to be uh, super worried and cautious because it'll still be out there. My immunity is wearing off. I can't rely on getting any um, trustworthy messaging about, am I still vaccinated? Am I still immune? No, I just get back out there. It'll be okay. Or maybe not. We think it will, but we're not sure. <laughs> it's just, um, yeah. But we'll be ready to have a war with China. I, is that a good idea? Is that... <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, maybe it'd be better for you to go to war with China than worry about, you know, maybe you'd feel better if you were just join the army and start fighting against China. 
maybe better odds built, of survival. Maybe, <laughs> Uh, well, all right. Got any other topics? Well, I just think um, one one thing to, uh, to to end with that I think has to be talked about, and, and we've got to bring this back up, but if you're Joe Biden and you're now getting these reports that the rest of us have gotten that the, the, the vaccination has hit a wall, people aren't going to get vaccinated, don't you have to make people get vaccinated? Well, you mean like as far as like uh, they do with kids at school? Right. Uh, they, I mean, whatever. I mean, I did hear about stories. There were like a hundred something schools that are requiring um, uh, college school uh, colleges right. requiring students to come. Um, yeah, but I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's, um, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, why not? I mean, if they're going to do it with, uh, uh, kids, uh, now it's, yeah, so it's an interesting civil liberties question. I don't think do, it do is have an interesting a, civil liberties question at all. And that's where I get aggravated when people go there like again it's a crisis there's always an exception to the rule you can't think if you can't think flexibly you you can't look at it like it's this this it's always the same set of circumstances that the context never changes like you have to bring this this uh immunization to an end you can't let people say that they're Disneyland belief system is worth half a million lives. You can't do that. I, well, the big, yeah, I mean, the big, the, the big question is, I mean, is it, fe- is it a feasible idea um, constitutionally or whatnot? I mean, if, if you say that people, adults have autonomy in their lives and can make their own decisions, um, just you know, where do you draw the line there? I mean, there is a line, and uh, well, like but, but forcing. But again, I mean, how would you force people to do it? Is the question. I, mean, I don't. I don't see how there's any practical way to do this. Well, I don't know that I have every single detail covered, but right. I would start with we are going to vaccinate everyone. That's where I would start, and if it meant my political career. I mean, so I'm the president of the United States, and then these people say, you can't do this. And I would say, sue me. Right. But, yeah, I mean. You I, have to get vaccinated. I, okay. And you say that, but, I mean, what what would be the thing that would force people to do this? Well, uh, and what I'm saying is, is I think that I have the, the right to actually contemplate that question without sure. having to backtrack and automatically, well, I guess you got to, you know, it, it's kind of like what I think the public health experts have done. They just said, okay, we're going to get, we got the vaccine. It's available. We're going to get to herd immunity. Oh, it looks like we're not going to get to herd immunity. Okay. This is totally apathetic. Well, but I think you have to plan on what, uh, um, right. You do. Well, I what you would do to get to make this happen because I mean, you can just, you can say that. Oh, 
everybody has to get vaccinated, but how do you make the okay. people that don't want to voluntarily do it, do it? Well, the first thing I would do is, um, I mean, you could try to bribe people. You could say, if you get vaccinated, you'll get another. Uh, mm, that's a, that's a, a more positive way. It's a, a reward instead of punishment. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Yeah. That's one thing I would do. Yeah, I think uh, that'd be the primary first thing to do. That'd <laughs> be the right. first thing I. Would We're gonna do. give you all kinds of goodies look, here. Look, here. Is, it, I'll, well, give you, well, I'll give you. I'll give you. I'll give you this. Uh, I'll give you this Mickey Mouse doll. I'll give you this Mickey Mouse doll with a Mickey Mouse mask. <laughs> you get your. You get a free. You get a free trip to Disneyland, <laughs> and then suddenly everybody's lined up to get vaccinated. See, I just solved the problem. Yeah. No, I, I you you, I, you I, can't I, get into you can't get you can't get into Disneyland unless you're vaccinated. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> but I wouldn't but I wouldn't be naive about this and I would just say, look, if and if you if you push back against this, then there'll be hell to pay. Like we will we will throw you in jail. <laughs> like you just they yeah. say you can't do that, Mr. President, and I would say, forget you. Like we're gonna you cannot ha- let this go. It's gonna we're go on. For, we're gonna have. We're gonna have two years. We're gonna have. This is my suggestion. Liberties were never is, intended so that the, the country would be endlessly mired in a crisis. There's not a person with a brain, whether they're a Supreme Court justice or a constitutional scholar, who would scratch their head and say. Uh, well, I don't know about that. Like, is that really what you think when they put the idea of human rights means that you can just make all of these other people suffer, that you are in no way whatsoever obliged to comply with a public or social need, even in a crisis? Um, it's like here's here's my here's my idea. Evacuations when there's a flood or or a, there's a wildfire. You can't mandate that people evacuate. Yeah, here, here's, here's, here's my suggestion. Uh, roving motorcycle gangs with uh, vaccine dart guns. Uh, That's a good idea. If, yeah, if you're out and about, um, of course, you'll. we need some way to, you know, I guess it wouldn't hurt to have people shot multiple times. I mean, you know, it's an emergency, so... <laughs> Anybody that's out in public, you're subject to be shot. When... Let me let me <laughs> the show American you how zany all of this is. Like one of the one of the concerns that I, I read about uh, yesterday with why you you wouldn't want to force people to get vaccinated is that it would backfire because it could erode trust in the the government and in the the public health system. And so I'm thinking, well, gosh, you wouldn't want that to happen because then what happens if there's an, uh, a pandemic and then you need everybody to get vaccinated? And if you erode all this trust, then people won't get vaccinated. You see what I'm saying? Like, you've already reached the worst possible <laughs> scenario in terms of, like, you have nothing to lose. These people are never going to trust anyone who says you have to do something that your Disneyland belief system says you don't have to do it. So you have nothing to lose. Meanwhile, you have all of these other people who had been looking forward to some time 
July, August, where they could actually live again and do things and really not have to worry about it. And now we don't get to have that happen. If, you're, if you want to go with the conservative uh, economic argument, you don't get people vaccinated, you're just going to constantly be having uh, these, these outbreaks and these, and these surges. And, um, and you know, it, will just, it will just never, it will never end. Joe Biden's going to be the ultimate disgraced president if what happens, what's happening in India starts to happen here in the United States. And Biden doesn't say, I don't care what happens, what the, uh, what's the, what precedent it may set. Everybody has to get vaccinated. You know, if you don't get vaccinated, you'll have hell to pay. The end. And it'll be yeah. everything. Like, we're going to send you to jail. We're going we're gonna to audit you. Every dirty trick that you can use on people. It's not right. Like, you can't say, I'm going to be a vector and keep spreading this thing. And, of course, the ultimate nightmare is if it doesn't get under control and it keeps spreading, it keeps mutating, and then you have a breakthrough variant, right, that's impervious to vaccine. Do you want that? And then it just, it all, it goes immediately back to square one. Like no one is vaccinated. It makes it, it makes it, it makes it exciting. Makes life exciting when you got changes. Yeah. Okay, man. Well, um, let's bring it to a close. For David V. Miller, this is Dr. Dave Overby. You've been listening to the Oblivion Podcast. Bye-bye.